The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com From the deepest, darkest creeps, to the backwoods swamp near the bottom, from the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. Jennifer Johnsy with CreepyCon, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Rob Goblin from Frightworks Haunted House in Knoxville, Tennessee, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Matt Scott of Von Grimm Productions, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> And you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. (laughs) Hey, this is Shane with Coasting Goblins of Rocky Top Mountain Coaster. We're here listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, this is Carmen from the 13th Hour Haunted Trail in Coryton, Tennessee with The Big Scary Show. Hi, my name is Steve from uh, Brainchild Creative, and you listen to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. September is here, listeners, and everyone is getting excited for the start of haunt season, but there's still a lot to do. Let The Big Scary Show, episode 271, keep you occupied as you make your final preparations for opening night. Badger is bringing you coverage from CreepyCron in Knoxville, Tennessee. There's interviews from several Tennessee haunts and vendors. Perhaps they can entice you to visit the season. Who knows? Storm is ranting in a haunt minute. Meat Hook Jim is covering amputations in between the corpses. Badger brings you the latest in Deadline News, and the old crone is back with Ask the Old Crone. Plus, we have a new gruesome giveaway for the month of September, just in time for haunt season. Be sure to listen carefully and enter. You can't win if you don't play. Speaking of playing, the Round Table of Terror features a haunt industry's soon-to-be-famous game show, The 13 Questions of Doom, featuring your host, Storm. The action is fast and furious, and who knows who's going to win. Stay tuned to find out. All this, plus so much more. We hid the body, but you will become an accomplice just by listening to The Big Scary Show. (laughs) 
See the top double thrill, double chill motion picture program of the year. Curse of the Werewolf in color. The harrowing story of the legendary half-man, half-wolf. His evil beast blood demanded he kill, kill, kill. Plus, the shadow of the cat. A shocking adventure into murder and psychotic fear. Two terrifying hits together. Don't miss them. Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We are live at CreepyCon in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I've seen these guys here year after year. Not only here, but at places like Transworld, other places, it's Von Grimm Productions with some amazing masks. They've got a whole new line of some new stuff this year. Got Matt Scott from Von Grimm. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Drew. How about yourself? Oh, man, we're having a good, great time. You know, it's late August. There's a slight bit of coolness in the air. It's getting closer to fall every day. Yes. And, you know, everybody here is just super excited about the Halloween season coming up. And you've got some pretty darn, shall we say, creepy masks here for Creepy Con. Absolutely. We, uh, we've got some, some classics that people have seen us do before. We've got some of our new stuff. Uh, we've got a, got a couple new Wendigo masks, some burlap snowmen that I hadn't really seen anybody do before. Uh, we've got some, some new creatures with big, long horns, our boogeyman masks. Uh, we've got a few new half masks. i got a new werewolf half mask and a few variations of my skull half mask. So a few new things in here and, uh, you know, the greatest hits that everyone knows. <laughs> and, you know, I- I've noticed that werewolves seem to be making a comeback and Wendigos are becoming a thing now. I know Alan Hobbs is a big fan of those and, and a lot of other people, but I- I'm starting to see them incorporated in haunts and-, and you've got a couple right here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Wendigos are, are a fun creature. You know, they're a fun cryptid because they're kind of open to interpretation. So you can do do different looks of them like mine are a burlap scarecrow windigo so i think they would look really really creepy in a cornfield coming oh, gosh, out of yes. in the middle of the night or a trail or a trail anything like that uh but yeah they're they're a fun creature and you can kind of do whatever you want with them because they shape shift <laughs> that that is true so you know almost anything you could say is is a wendigo Absolutely. burlap snowmen that's an interesting concept i mean i looked over at these things and i was like what are these orange things sticking out of them? And I'm like, oh my god! Once you told me what they were, they're carrots. It makes sense. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I was trying to come up with some stuff to to fit into some winter scenes and some Christmas scenes with, but also do my burlap style. So I was like, oh, we'll do a burlap snowman. Uh, I got those, and I've got uh, I've got some burlap clowns. I've got a, a half Krampus mask with big horns coming out of his uh, Christmas hood. Uh, I have some undead Santas, but I didn't have didn't have time to bring any for oh, this show. Oh man, that'd be a shame. You know, Christmas haunts are becoming such a big thing, and Krampus, of course, has taken a big foothold in the industry. So most of your stuff is burlap, or is it other things? What are the majority of things? Uh, primarily what I do are burlap masks, and I actually do a, a latex-infused burlap so that it keeps the look and feel of the natural burlap, but it doesn't fall apart and deteriorate. And I also line them with a full cotton sock so that it's comfortable to wear as opposed to wearing latex or burlap oh, all sure. night. A uh, little are, cooler. Yeah. Not little, much, but a little bit. It, it depends on, on the area your haunt is in. If you're, if you're in, a, in Michigan, yes. If you're yeah. in Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, mm, we won't we'll talk well, about that. Well, you've, <laughs> you've, got, you've got benefits in each each uh, environment. If you're in a cooler environment, it's going to keep you a little bit warmer. In those warmer environments where, you, like down here in Tennessee, we don't really get October weather until the last week. Uh, it's, you know, it's hot during the day, then it gets cold at night. Uh, it's going to keep you a little bit warmer. Uh, when it's cold at night, but it's going to wick some of that sweat away when it's still warm well, during the day. So, so, you know, and and of course, all these things. I'm assuming they're all hand painted, one of a kinds. Absolutely, they're all. Every single one's made by hand. Um, they're all backed with a lifetime warranty. So, if anything were to happen to the mask, send it back to me. I'll fix it. Send it back to you. Uh, so, each one is a little bit different than the other. 
and how was Transworld for you this year? Transworld was a phenomenal show. Every year we go, we have a great time there. We always do really well. We see people we really enjoy and get to see what's going on in the industry. And how much of this was influenced by what you saw at Transworld? Uh, I would say 30% of the new stuff was, was directly related <laughs> to what I was seeing at Transworld. And, and I'm sure the customers, you got people in here now just looking at this stuff and being awed. So I assume the uh, show is going to be very successful for you. It's, it's been a great show so far, and uh, we always have a good time when we're here. It's, you know, it's just down the road from us from Nashville. So we always enjoy coming to CreepyCon. And I'm seeing sold stuff on a couple of masks, so looks like it's going to be a great show for you guys and hopefully everybody else. For people wanting more information about Von Grimm Productions, maybe to see the new Wendigo or the Burlap Snowman, Krampus, the clowns, the... You know, the traditional jack-o'-lantern skulls, witches, werewolves. Uh, I don't even know what this thing is with the mesh all over the face. That's that's pretty creepy. That's, that's my uh, ghostly wraith witch version. So. That, that's just tremendous. But how can people get more information with websites and social medias? Uh, they can find us at VonGrimProductions.com. We can also uh, find us at Facebook.com slash Productions, at Productions on Instagram. Uh, we're also on TikTok now. We've, we've, we've finally caught up with some other people who are doing TikTok. So check us out there. We're always posting you know, kind of goofy, funny stuff on there. And Von Grimm has two M's at the end. Yes. It's a V-O-N-G-R-I-M-M Productions. Excellent. Mascot, I wish you nothing but success here at CreepyCon. You know, remember, folks, Von Grimm dot, or Von Grimm Productions dot com. Yep. And uh, be sure you check out all these pretty darn awesome masks and the half masks here. You know, yep, half absolutely. masks are, are pretty quick to get in and out of if you have to 100%. do scene changes and all that good stuff. So we design all of our stuff with haunt actors in mind, both comfort and durability. Excellent. Once again, folks, Von Grimm Productions dot com. I'm here at CreepyCon dot com for the Big Scary Show dot com. My name is Drew Badger, and we're out. And ladies and gentlemen, let's see if you're listening to the show carefully because it is time for the September edition of the Gruesome Giveaway sponsored by our very good friends at ScreamlineStudios.com. Haunt season is upon us. Go to ScreamlineStudios.com immediately and browse through their wide range of products that you need to make this the best Halloween ever. I'm going to ask you a question here. The answer is in the show. If you think you know the answer, send us an email with your name and your phone number to bsscontest at gmail.com before midnight on September 19th, and we will select a random entrant. It's just that simple. And now without further ado, the September gruesome giveaway question is... During our interview with Von Grimm Productions, we talk about their new line of snowmen masks. What are the snowmen masks made of? If you think you know that answer, send us that answer along with your name and phone number to bsscontest at gmail.com before midnight on September 19th, and you could be randomly selected to win a great prize from our very good friends at streamlinestudios.com, without whom we would not have this giveaway. Previous winners and family members of The Big Scary Show are not eligible to win, but good luck. Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete, the zombie puppet. We have several new 
products that you might want to see. <laughs> see you soon at vfxcreates.com. Music by Midnight Syndicate. Midnight Syndicate. A terror unleashed. Big Scary Show exclusive.
Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We're live at CreepyCon in Knoxville, Tennessee. Having a grand old time. We're having a good time checking out all the vendors, all the shows going on. And of course, there are some haunted attractions here, including the 13th Hour Haunted Trail down in Corrington, Tennessee. I believe I pronounced that correct. Corrington, yes. Corrington, Tennessee. I've got Carmen here with us. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Drew? Oh, man. For a Friday night, it's not as busy as it's going to be Saturday and Sunday, but this is a good time to talk to people because I have a feeling tomorrow's going to be quite busy. <laughs> Absolutely. Tomorrow, we are going to be slammed, and the, the, the activity and everything and the energy of the whole building and just... Everything that's happening here is just going to be. I'm excited for tomorrow. I really, really. Am. This is always a fun show, and it's grown every year. And they've got the entire both levels of the uh, event center here full. So I, I can't imagine that they will just won't be packed with people. A lot of people will be asking. What's going on at 13th Hour for the 2022 season? Well, this year our theme is Carnival, and uh, basically there was a, a carnival that went through this section of North Knoxville, Corrington, Tennessee, and uh, they ended up being cursed by a gypsy woman who made them stay in this cornfield, and they were cursed to stay there until eternity. So I, I'm guessing there will be clowns and ringmasters and all sorts of crazy, scary, circusy kind of things and carnival kind of things involved. More carnival stuff, kind of on the freak show oh, end nice. of things. So even I, better. Yeah, I, I like clowns, but I do you don't. Do you really? No, I, I hate clowns. <laughs> Thank I you for really, being honest. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, but we do have um, a lot of really cool things going on. Um, we've got uh, a knife thrower. We've got, hopefully, a grill and a tutu. We, we don't know what's going to happen. So. so are you looking for people? I mean, if you happen to be like a fire spinner or fire eater or a bed of nails kind of person or a blockhead, would they uh, possibly come to you for uh, some employment this year? Absolutely. I would love to have anybody that could do anything contortionist, whatever you can do. That would be wonderful if you could do that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, everybody loves the freak show. They had one here earlier tonight. There will be some sideshow stuff going on tomorrow all day long. So maybe you can recruit some of them. Absolutely. I would love to recruit some of those people. So how was uh, your season in 2021? You know, people have been itching to get out the pandemic's kind of doing what it's doing but a lot of people have, and a lot of haunt owners that i've talked to over the past year have said 2021 was a fantastic year was that the same for 13th hour absolutely it was a fantastic year and and everybody was really cool about everything everybody uh, you know kept their distance and at the same time really enjoyed themselves even the actors and actresses the customers everybody was just absolutely wonderful now i don't know what the state of tennessee's laws are regarding you know social distancing masking sanitizing and all that but i assume you're also going to have all the protocols and everything for the 2022 season oh yeah absolutely we want to keep everybody safe and everybody happy and everybody entertained well, you know, freak shows and side shows are very entertaining. Anything else going on up there this year? Any expansion, any escape rooms, any new stuff like that? We have absolutely rearranged and redone a whole lot of stuff this year, so I'm very excited about that. Um, we also have the, the movie screen that we show movies at on while you sit around the campfire. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff that's, that's brand new, a lot of good stuff going on this year. I'm excited. Excellent. So if you're traveling around the Knoxville area this year, maybe you're heading out to see the leaves up in the mountains and you just want to go to a good old-fashioned haunted house that just happens to have a sideshow and carnival-type theme to it, 
AKA 13th Hour. How can people get more information with websites, social medias, etc.? Well, website is the 13th Hour Haunted Trail.com or uh, Facebook and Instagram for. And- and that's the number 13 TH? Yes, it is. So the 13th Hour Haunted Trail.com. Yes, absolutely. The 13th Hour Haunted Trail. And when is your uh, season begin? And um, are you still recruiting, doing job fairs, or looking for actors? We will always be recruiting and looking for actors. That's one thing that we, we love doing all of the time. We get some really talented folks in there. You um, can get some volunteers, but um, bump. But um, from UT. Yeah. Um, our season is going to start September the 30th and run every Friday and Saturday until November the 6th from 8 to 11 p.m. We stop selling tickets at 11, but we will run until we entertain everybody that has paid. And do you have online ticket sales going on now, or do you just sell at the door? We will. We do have online ticket sales, but that will also start on September the 30th. Okay. So. so once again, folks, the13thHourHauntedTrail.com. If you're in the greater eastern Tennessee area, come out and see them because it sounds like they're going to be a lot of fun. Carmen, thank you so much here. Thank you so much, Drew. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. And once again, folks, Drew Badger here live at CreepyCon in Knoxville, Tennessee, checking out all the haunted and spooky stuff for a fun weekend. And we're out. Enter the haunted world of FrightFind and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunted attractions as FrightFind brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference FrightFind will make in your haunt listing. Broadcasting to you from the darkest regions of the Earth, this is A Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary... All right, so one of the things haunts are always looking for is another reason to be open. You know, we try and open for like spring break or Arbor Day or or something else and, you know, opening earlier and earlier in September and people are starting to note it. They're starting to go, oh, you're oh, you're starting to do the Christmas thing. Oh, rolling stuff out in July for Halloween. Ha ha, it's not October. So, you know, you, you might need to mask it and, and give a better reason than just like, hey, it's another weekend and it's something to do. Because uh, that can get old and everybody's doing that right now. Well, I think I found a, a nice little niche in the market where, where there's a need, a big need. Uh, there are more and more legend and cryptid festivals happening, especially people getting back to normal doing things. But they want to go to these things. Um, for example, Puxatani. They figured out their weather forecasting rodent isn't enough. They're going to have a Bigfoot festival. That's right, a Bigfoot festival in Pennsylvania for all those Puxatawney Pennsylvania Bigfoots that are running around. Um, I always got a, I found out, has a Van Meter Visitor Festival. I mean, that's one of the lesser known cryptids, unless you're like, you know, around Iowa or something. You probably haven't heard too much on that one. Uh, 
If you try and find a hotel room right now for the Mothman Festival happening later this month, you can't get one. There is nothing around Point Pleasant at that time because it is full up. People love these things. And guess what? You got to haunt. Do it. Even if, you know, one day you don't even have to do much. You might not even have to open. You might just be able to do it in your parking lot, have something with your lobby, you know, invite a couple food trucks down, find some local curiosity vendors, you know, maybe a bouncy house, something like that, and it'll build upon itself. You know, and then you can build it into your haunt and everything. If you've got some weird local lore or something, some some swamp beast goat man or something, and, you know, you want to make a new attraction with your haunt for that, what better way to do it than the year before to have... A, a festival for that and then the festival next year people are going they'll buy their tickets at that for your haunt it could be months away so get on the track do it people want these tiny festivals you need to have a festival with your haunt why because you have a haunt and festivals are fun it's also a great way to run through all your admin stuff your, your security your 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 trash you know all that you can get figured out on a a Saturday or a Sunday before haunt season, not have that messy weekend when you're, you know, don't know how to direct traffic and find out that people aren't buying tickets right and stuff. So this is a great opportunity. Get out there, find whatever your local lore is, go down to a local library. Somebody's written a book on it. You can have them show up and talk and get your own monster festival at your haunt. Until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Perfect. Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We are live at CreepyCon in Knoxville, Tennessee. And one of the things I love about this show is there's an awful lot of haunt owners from eastern and central Tennessee that come out they put up booths, they talk to all the fans and friends and drum up some business. We love talking to haunted house owners. Hey, that's what we do. I've got Josh here from Dread Hollow in Chattanooga, Tennessee, not too far south down I-75, right there on the Georgia border. Everybody knows about Chattanooga, but Dread Hollow's been around, what, about five seasons or so. But uh, Josh, how are you doing? Yeah, I believe this is our fifth year. Doing well, doing well. Glad to be here. So, CreepyCon, you know, they've been doing this about five years as well, and I've seen you guys here, and you guys got a little booth over on the side down here, along with another convention that we'll talk about in a moment, but tell us about Dread Hollow. If, uh, you know, if I'm just driving through the area and I get the urge to see a haunted house and I see your signs, what can people expect in the 2022 season when they come by? Well, as always, Dread Hollow, a town built on... um you know, tainted soil, Mercy Harker. Uh, we're considered an extreme haunt. Uh, so there is touching allowed? There is touching allowed uh, to an extent. Uh, not necessarily our actors per se, but you will be touched in some way, form, or fashion. You will get wet. We actually do have that on that as well. We do have escape rooms. So it's gonna. It's an extreme show. Sounds like a lot of fun. You know, there are extreme haunts out there that do light touching and some that, like, literally will grab you and throw you against a wall, but but you're not that. No, sir. No, no. It's nothing like that uh, as, as some of the other haunts in the industry can be, but but no. it's it's an, We call it an extreme haunt just the sense that it's going to kind of uh, appeal to all the senses, so to say. Do you have to sign a waiver before going through? No, sir. It's oh. nothing that extreme. Don't call me, sir. <laughs> I work for a living. Um 
I think you, you were in a meeting up here earlier, and I overheard something about a clown revolt going on this year. Is that you guys? And, and what is a uh, what is it? It just sounds very intriguing, and it's an interesting take on an idea. Right. Well, a few years ago, I believe it's 2019, uh, we had the um, the election of Dread Hollow between Mayor Al and Ricketts the Clown. Mayor Al won by a landslide, so to say, but it comes to find out that it was actually Ricketts that won, and Mayor Al may have uh, done some shady stuff to actually come forth and, and win the election. And so uh, Ricketts is leading a revolt to kind of, kind of take back the city of Dread Hollow. So, so you're basically saying, and this is going to be somebody's worst nightmare, the clowns are revolting at Dread Hollow. Correct. Um, I heard somebody kind of uh, call it like the purge with clowns. I don't think it's going to be to that extreme, but it may be. Um, it's going to be essentially just mayhem, craziness. It's not going to make any sense, and there's going to be clowns. Well, when you have clowns, does anything really make sense, I guess? I don't know. Uh, that's very true. Uh, and, um, yeah, so it actually kind of made uh, the construction of that area a little bit easier. Yeah, put it in there. Yeah. We'll make it make sense because it doesn't have to. <laughs> and tell us about the escape rooms you have out there. Um, so we've got our escape rooms. Um, they're all going to be horror-themed. Uh, we have one uh, called Eugene Todd about the serial killer of Dread Hollow. Uh, another one is the toy... Uh, I think we're actually just calling it the factory. We, we try to make our escape rooms actually match uh, the attractions uh, for the year if we can. And the last one's called Deception. Um, and so it's also going to be kind of geared toward Mayor Al and uh, what he was doing kind of to deceive the people of Red Hollow. Are, are these like five-minute escape rooms, or are they longer, or are they different, different lengths? Ours are 30 minutes long. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. You make reservations in advance? Uh, yes, everything that we do is, is online ticketing, so you'd have oh, to buy your goodness. buy your passes in advance. And how was the season last year? It was very good. Uh, yeah, Best we, we, season ever? I, I believe so. I believe our numbers were better than we've ever done, at least you know at Dread Hollow so far. Yes. Fantastic. So if I'm heading down through southern Tennessee, going down I-75, want to go check out the Chattanooga Choo Choo, the Leaves, Rock City, Ruby Falls, all that good stuff, and I want to go to a really cool and slightly extreme haunted house. How would people get more information about Dread Hollow, websites, social medias, etc.? Uh, well, we've got dreadhollow.com, of course. All the links are on dreadhollow.com to get to Facebook, uh, to get to Instagram. Uh, I believe there's even a TikTok channel as well. Um, so, um, yeah, it's all out there. Uh, come on down and see us. Everything is really close as far as the other attractions in Chattanooga. If you're coming in town to see everything, certainly within the October time frame, come see us as well. Open uh, Thursday through Sundays starting on October 1st. And, yeah, we'd love to have it, everybody. Fantastic. So, once again, folks, dreadhollow.com. Go see them. Go say hi. And uh, watch out for the clown purge or the, revo the revolution of the clowns, so to speak, because apparently there's been a fraudulent election and the clowns are not happy about it. Josh, I want to thank you to take time to speak to us here at CreepyCon in Knoxville, Tennessee. My name is Drew Badger for The Big Scary Show. We're out. Hello everyone, Drew Badger. This is Deadline News for episode 271. And we're going to start off with this news from Midnight Syndicate. 
Midnight Syndicate's Halloween Horror Nights Legendary Truth album has been released at Halloween Horror Nights Universal Orlando. For the first time in Halloween Horror Nights history, fans can explore the many cases from Legendary Truth, The Collective, while discovering special, never-before-heard audio recordings from the unsolved case files of Boris Schuster. This numbered, limited-edition, 180-gram vinyl album with accompanying digital download features music by Midnight Syndicate and special narrations by Rick Spencer as well as many others from behind the scenes of Hollywood of Halloween Horror Nights. The album is available at both the Tribute and Five and Dime stores inside Universal Orlando while supplies last. Limited quantities are also available online at shop.universalorlando.com. On October 5th, Gavin Gosca and Edward Douglas will be hosting a signing at the Five and Dime store inside Universal Orlando from 6 to 9 p.m. At least 300 copies of the album will be available for purchase by guests on that day. More information on this project is available to members of their Legions of the Night community. To join or find out more, visit MidnightSyndicate.com. We have this from the Realm of Darkness Haunted House in Kalkana, Wisconsin. The Realm of Darkness Haunted House is now hiring for the 2022 season. This is a calling for all those that are energetic and have a love for all things haunted. Apply online to be scheduled for an in-person interview. We need to fill performance roles such as actors and improvisational artists. This job is a ton of fun, requires no previous acting experience, and is a great way to earn some extra cash before the holidays. Applicants must be at least 18 years old and complete a background check. For more information, visit the Realm of Darkness Haunt. Com. We have this news from the Dark Side Haunted House in Wading River, New York. Do you love Halloween? Do you love to scare people? Do you plan your costume a year in advance? Are you at least 17 years old? If so, you may have what it takes to join the Dark Side Haunted House Scare Team. Fill out the application form on our website and we'll be in touch to set up an interview. Thank you. Get that application at darksideproductions.com We have this news from the Ozark Nightmares Haunted House in Lebanon, Missouri. Ozark Nightmares Haunted House presents Murder Motel. Opening Friday, September 30th from 7 to 11 p.m. and running every Friday and Saturday through October and, of course, Halloween night. $10 admission gets you the haunted house and the corn maze. There's always a vacancy at the Murder Motel, and we'll make your room up for you. Get more information at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Ozark Nightmares. We have this news from the Ultimate Haunt Tour coming to Michigan. This November 4th through the 6th, the Ultimate Haunt Tour will invade Michigan, visiting 12 of the top haunts in the state. This three-day non-stop thrills and chills tour will live up to its name, and seats are limited to the first 300 people. This is going to be the ultimate haunt tour. You start in Grand Rapids November 4th, sleep in Jackson, Michigan, spend the Saturday in the Detroit area, sleep in Pontiac, spend Sunday in northeastern Michigan, and travel back to Grand Rapids. Get your tickets now for 12 haunts over three days. Get more information at ultimatehaunttour.com. 
Nightmare We have this news from the Nightmare Chamber Haunted House in Medford, Oregon. We're back from the dead. The Nightmare Chamber Haunted House is happy to announce that because of an outpouring of support from our fans in the Rogue Valley, we will be back in 2022 for our 14th season. We're back with more chills, thrills, and fright along with an announcement. Announcing Frights on Front. The Nightmare Chamber has joined forces with Nightmares on the Rogue Haunted House to provide two completely different haunted houses at one location. Both haunts will be located at our home on Front and 3rd Streets in Medford. The Nightmare Chamber will frighten you in our regular home on street level, while Nightmares on the Rogue will scare you from the building's basement. Check out our new website, NightmareChamber.com, for more information. And finally, we have this from Grim Acres Scareaway Cancer in Brandon, Manitoba, Canada. We know many people have been inquiring and anxiously awaiting an announcement regarding our 2022 season. It is with a very heavy heart that we have made the very difficult decision to no longer to continue and run and operate Grim Acres Scareaway, Can Scareaway Cancer Haunted Event. The financial burden, mental, physical, and health requirements to run such a big event are no longer feasible for us to continue. Therefore, we are ceasing operations and will be permanently closing the Grim Acres Scareaway Can Cancer Halloween Haunt effective immediately. We would like to offer you our heartfelt thanks for your many years of support and continued generosity for each and every one of our Grim Acres Scareaway Cancer events over the last 12 years. We feel deeply thankful for all you have done for us. The memories you have given us fills us with continued joy that will last a lifetime. We would also like to thank our many dedicated sponsors for their help and generous donations over the years. Most of all, we want to thank our many volunteers that helped to contribute to the success of the Grim Acres Haunt. We could not have done it without you. It is because of your support and giving that over $130,000 was raised and donated to the Canadian Cancer Society. This helped support many programs aimed at providing much needed help and inspiration for Canadians everywhere in their fight against cancer. Once again, from the bottom of our hearts, we thank each and every one of you for your past patronage and continued support in the future in our commitment to scaring away cancer. Sincerely, Brian and Amber Sutherland. You can get more information at GrimAcres.ca. Remember folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at BigScaryShow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. To see more of our products and services, drop by. DarkImaginings.com Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We're live at Knoxville, Tennessee at CreepyCon. Hanging out with all the cool kids. And again, as I've mentioned many times, one of the reasons I love coming to shows 
are the haunted houses that come to these guy, to these shows. They set up booths. They walk around with their actors. Some of them are in costume. People are hanging out, talking shop with other owners, and checking out all the cool products, maybe purchasing a few for their haunt. I've got Rob here from Frightworks Haunted House right down the road here in Knoxville. How you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? It's been a long time since we've talked because you have not been here the last couple of years, but I do remember speaking to you several years ago, maybe like 19 or so, but how was or how has Frightworks been during the pandemic and especially last season? We've actually been very well. I mean, of course, we were very nervous, as many people were, but uh, the first year of the pandemic, we pretty much held steady. And then last year, we actually broke records. So um, apparently people are ready to go back to haunted houses. And let's hope that trend continues in 2022 with uh, people wanting to go to haunted houses and spend a lot of money and have a great time. So Frightworks, tell us about it. What have you been up to in the last few years since we've talked? Well, the the haunt has a uh, theme right now of kind of like um, uh containment system like monsters and entities that are captured you know anything that might like you know, ghostbusters the dark. Uh, a, a little like bit okay. got different inspirations ghostbusters <laughs> cabin in the woods um uh, uh 13 ghosts you know a lot of a lot of the favorites out there but uh yeah we've locked up everything that you might possibly be afraid of and uh I'm sure it'll be safe to go through, though. I mean, everything oh, everything's under control. Nothing ever goes wrong. Right? Systems, yeah. you know, yeah. Nothing's gonna happen, right? So All it'll good. be a, so it'll be a boring haunt this year. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, just you know, <laughs> learn a little bit. You know, until tour. until something doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so sounds like it's gonna be a lot of fun. And like you said, the season was uh, good for you last year. So I can only imagine you're building upon that this year with new stuff and. Maybe some new themes, new rooms, new actors. Always. We, you know, like everyone else, we try to change up at least a portion of the haunt every year. Uh, this is the same basic theme we had last year, but even when we keep the same overall theme, we evolve the story, we evolve the scenes, what's occurred, you know, what kind of monsters you're going to run into. So we've got to keep it fresh. As Because you don't want the people saying, ah, oh, this is the same thing as last year. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And we're, and we're our worst critics because, you know, we live with it all year round, so we're like, oh, we should really change this up, and you have to remind yourself, wait a minute, they just saw that for a few seconds last year, you know, we don't have to change everything. I do think it's so interesting that haunters are their own worst critics, you know. You would expect the public to say, oh, that was great, or that wasn't great, but boy, we are so hard on ourselves. And more. Yeah, and you, you, like you just said, people will see the stuff in the haunt for a minute, 30 seconds, five seconds in some cases, and then you're like, well, we did this scene. People were in there for two seconds, and they saw it. So we got to change it out for next year. You know. I think the trick is finding the balance because, on the one hand, they only saw a scene or a prop or an animatronic for a few seconds. But at the same time, subconsciously, they know if you don't change it at all, they know it. Oh, sure. So you got you got to pick and choose and, and make enough changes that they, oh, this is different. This is fresh. Yeah, you know, as an actor, I've heard so many times, oh, the next scene is the room where this happens and stuff. So, you know, you got to change it out. Well, if they're excited about it, I guess that's a good sign, right? I suppose. They're showing it off to their friends and everything. So, When is the uh, season open for Frightworks? How many weeks are you open? Are you doing, a, a like, a blackout at the end of the season and, and on all that? Uh, we open September 24th, Saturday. Uh, we'll run, of course, every weekend through Halloween. Um and uh, at the moment, we don't have a blackout tour 
Uh, but uh, to be honest, we're actually talking about maybe doing something like that, or even doing a uh, like a kid-friendly, you know, trick-or-treat tour, you know, during the day sometime. You know, got to get the the next generation of customers Absolutely. warmed up. Absolutely, you can't uh, you can't continue if you don't build up that base for next exactly next years. So. So anyway, for people who may be traveling through the Knoxville area, maybe you're going out leaf watching, maybe you're catching a volunteer football game, or just driving down 40 or 75 and you find yourself in the area and you're like, hey, I want to see a haunted house, how can they get information on FrightWorks with websites, social medias, and all that? It's very easy. Go to FrightWorks.com. We're also on all the social medias. Usually just search for FrightWorks and you can find us. Fantastic. Rob, a pleasure to see you again. I wish you nothing but success with FrightWorks this year. Sounds like it's going to be a blast. And, of course, what could possibly go wrong with containing all these monsters at FrightWorks? So, once again, folks, FrightWorks.com. Look for them on all the social medias and go see them because, again, support your local haunts. Once again, folks, Drew Badger here live at CreepyCon in Knoxville, Tennessee. And we're out. The Roundtable of Terror is very proudly sponsored by Haunt Pay. Whether it's time ticketing, virtual queue lines, or anything else related to online ticket sales, have Alex and his staff set you up at hauntpay.com. gentlemen of course that music does mean it's time for the round table of terror and of course this is a very special round table of terror not that they all aren't but this once again we are bringing you another episode of the soon-to-be world famous haunted game show the 13 questions of doom brought to you by our very very own storm as our mc who I am turning the show over to him right now. Storm, take it away. I'm still working at the home game of this, you know, distribute out there. It had a deal with Toys R Us, but that didn't work out too well. Uh, look forward I think to that's seeing why. I think that's why they, they closed. Uh, yeah. But uh, were you going to introduce the ghosts like you normally do? No. Normally you do when um, you bring the do players. I? Yes. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> oh yay i get my name mispronounced again yay <laughs> I, I, I i i mispronounce everybody's name i keep yeah. trying each time and, and i i i i don't know why i keep adding an h even when i like try and spell it but uh yeah no for everybody out there it's, it's the 13 questions of doom if you haven't heard this before it's um it's our game show when we need a game show and you know we'll have a subject and you know tonight's topic will be the halloween spectacular two so there's a halloween spectacular one you have to go back and look at that one uh i'm, I'm sure it ended badly for one of us but uh we'll have some general me. questions if 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 anybody's ever seen like the blocking group that's it's sort of where we're going we're going to throw out some questions out there i'm going to decide points see who's wins and not and and we'll go with it now i i think that um 
nobody has the title still. So, you know, this is going to be for the, you know, interior Gahost title. Uh, this is the, the, the current title is held by Terrifier star David Howard Thornton, who has yet to return on the show to defend his title because he kind of has that movie coming out pretty soon. So he has been unable to. We did reach out to him. He was interested, but unfortunately his schedule would not allow it at this time. So following, yeah, so. so following the trend of professional wrestling lately, we have we will crown an interim champion. Sounds like a plan. Sure, that works, and hopefully none of us <laughs> split off for our own, you know, brand or something like that. So, but uh, let's let's uh, get to our contestants today. And starting out, we're going to try and pronounce her name correctly, and I pronounce everybody's name wrong, including my own sometimes. Jonah. Did I add an H again? Yeah, it's Jonna, just like Donna with a J. I have every speech impediment known to me. I'll give you one point for for effort. All right. I'll get it it right eventually. Uh, But, but, you know, again, I'm I'm the South Jersey guy living in New England with every speech impediment. I'm barely verbal. But uh, this is your first 13 questions of doom? No, this is my second one. All right. That, yeah, you know, the file I had with the scores from last one got blowed up. So that's that's why your name wasn't in there. I had to add everything again. I added H's and three well, extra I didn't N's. I win last time, so, but, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, we have, you know, the, the voice of the show. Everybody knows it, the velvety voice of Badger. It is a pleasure to be here and have the opportunity to lose once again on this show. Yeah, sure. No, you, you always come out. I'm one in thirteen right now. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you usually come out in second, and you know, usually I haven't seen any of these movies. Why do you have movies? And you know, you get those questions right, which is confusing us too. And then we have the worst kept secret in the industry: Me Hook Jim, our our third and final contestant tonight. How yep. you doing, Jim? Uh, wonderful. And I, I would argue, Badger, I think I've lost the most. You've been in second more than I have. So we we can we can settle that in a steel cage at a later date. Uh, that's fine with me. As <laughs> long as we have chairs in the cage. Absolutely. Fans bring weapons. I want to see either <laughs> of you throwing each other off the top ring onto a table. That just would not be good. A flaming yeah. table. <laughs> Covered in thumbtacks with, with barbed glowing water. red from the heat. Yes. A la Mick Foley. Huh? One of those leather strap matches where you guys can't go more than like six feet away from each other. That'd be better. Ooh. I'm sure there's some haunting you could do with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A creepy cloth match. Oh, my. <laughs> and I, of course, am Storm, the uh, host for the 13 Questions of Doom. And I paddled here because Rhode Island is currently underwater because we can't clear our drains on the highway. So let's get into it. We're going to kick off the 13 Questions of Doom round 15, the Halloween Spectacular 2. And uh, Badger, because, you know, you, 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 you're saying you don't know these too well, we're, we'll, we'll throw the first question out to you. Question number one, what state produces the most pumpkins? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it's probably it's not It's like robot. 50 choices. Yeah, it's, I got 2% chance of getting it right. 
although I doubt it's Rhode Island. It's by acreage, too, so it's, you know. I would say, oof, I have a lot of pumpkin farms here, but I would guess probably Texas. Texas? Oh, that's an interesting, interesting guess. A lot of acreage. They do a lot of farming down there. Very I interesting. Feeling, well, we'll, I have a feeling it's wrong. <laughs> we'll see on that one. Jonah, Jonah, ugh, boy, I'm just going to say it three different times. What about you? What What is your answer? Well, I'm, I would want to say Ohio because they have the most haunts. And so they need the most pumpkins to decorate all of those haunts. But um, I'm going to go with probably something more like Idaho. Idaho, the potato state. You went from Florida North to the potato state. That's that's interesting. We're close. Uh, you know, Boise State with their blue background. Maybe, maybe that has a problem come up. Jim, this this might be some you know. Do you know what state produces the most pumpkins? I'm going with Ohio. You, you're going with the Florida of the North, Ohio, yep. and everyone is wrong. Oh, wah, wah. it is it is actually Illinois. Really? Illinois hmm. produces it by like a huge amount. I was looking at the graph. Texas, I would have thought too, but they keep having droughts and stuff too. So they don't even have that many pumpkins. But yeah, no, Illinois, just a huge amount of pumpkin grow. I, wow. I, I don't know why. And yeah, it's, it's, it's that, that, one, that one caught me off guard too. But uh, definitely a weird general Halloween trivia. And, and it's like even constant for like the past you know, five, six years, too. It's, it's not like somebody was a close second, but Illinois absolutely blows out of the water with pumpkins, especially by acreage. Question number two. Jonah, we'll throw this one at you first. Transylvania is a region of what modern-day country? Romania. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Interesting choice. Good, good, good choice. Jim, what about you? What country do you think uh, Transylvania is from? Um, well, the only choice I have is the same one John had. That's Romania. Romania. All right. And Badger, what about you? Transylvania is part of what modern day country? Despite having Transylvania County in North Carolina, I too agree it is part of Romania. Is it really a Transylvania County? It's in the mountains, lovely area right. in October. Hey, we wow. have a Transylvania, Arkansas that on their water tower is actually a bat. That's good marketing. Yeah. I want to see a picture of that. Send it I will us. send you a picture of that. There is a Transylvania University in Kentucky. Oh, that just seems made up. <laughs> somebody's stealing money there somehow truth you know, disney disney or somebody should be suing on that one is it if they don't have a theme park or something too that doesn't make sense either i mean i would go there just to get a shirt <laughs> what's the school mascot i don't know it's gotta be it can only be one thing please tell me it is <laughs> you, you, you can hear our dozens and dozens of listeners googling it right now just but like yes Transylvania is a uh, region in Romania. I was hoping somebody would say mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. So 
That, that is impressive. The hosts know their geography. Yay! My All boyfriend right. would disagree right. with that, but okay. Uh, Badger, I'm going to throw this first one to you. Question number three. What phobia means you have an intense fear of Halloween? It can't be Halloweenophobia, can it? It could, I, but well, I don't know. Yeah, I have never heard of the fear of Halloween. Wow, An <sighs> intense fear. Uh, I'm gonna go with Halloweenophobia. Somebody Halloweenophobia at some point. It's it not can't too be bad. Right, but, mm. That's not too bad. Uh, Jonah, what about you? What 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 is the name for the intense fear of Halloween? I would probably call it um, severe depression. That's not too bad. Not too bad. You have no obia in there, so we're 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 not going to give you any points. But Jim, now this is a question I think you you should be able to hit, having done fears for the show over our ten years. Of do course. you know what is the phobia for the intense fear of Halloween? This is an easy one because I did all those face your fears. Sawanophobia. Oh, that makes so much sense. Thank you very much. (laughs) That's a good one. Absolutely right on the nose. He got it. Sawanophobia. Badger, I'm giving you half a point because that's actually, you know, at least a try on it. The uh, Halloweenophobia. But uh, no, Jim, we're we're glad you got that one. You, you could feel like a winner now. You know, it's you haven't <laughs> dropped the ball on that one. I hope not. <laughs> All right, now now we're getting into good Halloween history trivia with question number four. So, uh, Jim, we'll, we'll throw this one at you first. We'll throw you right back into the deep end. All right. What first family was the first to decorate for the White House on Halloween? Ooh. Hmm, I'm not sure I know this one. But I'm gonna go with uh this is a shot in the dark. I'm gonna go with Obama. Obama? Wow, you didn't think it happened until two thousands? Hmm. Uh, that's just my opinion. I mean uh, Oh, okay. Interesting. Badger, what about you? What who do you think was the first uh family? Uh, to decorate the White House for the first time for Halloween. I'm going to guess Franklin D. Roosevelt during World War II because they Ooh, needed something. Interesting. interesting answers. You know, Roosevelt, you know, it's, you know, it's the creaky wheelchair and, you know, some, some, some creepy stuff. And when he's, you know, Eleanor probably did the decorating, but still. It, 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 uh, I will say it is actually the first lady who's credited with it. Uh, but yeah, that's that's an interesting answer. We don't know if it's right yet. Jonah, what about you? Well, I'm gonna say it was probably the early 1900s, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go with probably uh, Kennedy. JFK. Uh, he. he... He is a little he is a little busy with Marilyn Monroe and some other stuff going on. <laughs> but uh Badger, Badger and you weren't too off. 
It was actually Eisenhower. Ah. Eisenhower's wife was the first one to decorate in 1958. Uh, Amy Eisenhower. Yes, I, I would have also taken Ben Franklin because he was never president. And but if he was, you know, he would have, you know, made that place look awesome for Halloween. Oh, of course, he would have. Ben Franklin. <laughs> so not too bad, Badger. We'll give you a half a point on that one. Uh, so cool. so not Thank too you. bad. Let me do a quick look at totals because you you were close to Roosevelt, very close. And huh, yeah, I don't have totals at the moment. Well, and I'm hitting buttons on my uh, laptop here. So we'll just zero. keep going. Through. No, no, no. Uh, you got a point for Romania. Oh, that's yeah. right. I forgot about that. Yeah, no. So it's uh, Badger. Badger is in second with two points. Jim has three and you have one. So it's anybody's game still. All right. Question number five. Oh, this is a good one. This is a fun question. Uh, Badger, we'll throw this one at you first. You, you seem very knowledgeable in your travels of what's legal and not legal. Never assume anything. What's yeah. What state is it illegal to dress like a priest or a nun for Halloween? I would guess Utah with all the Mormons. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting answer. Good, good, good logic. Um, Jim, what about you? What state is illegal to dress like a priest or nun on Halloween? Um, you know. This is a tough one for me, but uh, in the end, I got to go down south. I'm going to say Alabama. Alabama. Wow. I just pulled one out of there. Do we have a year? Do we have a year that this law was enacted? Uh, They did my research, but I was more um, interested in the penalty. So I wrote that down and not the law. Okay. John, what about you? What what state do you think it's illegal to be a priest or not? I really don't know. Um, Utah is a good guess, but I think I'm going to go more New Englandish. So I'm going to say Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Oh man, nope, not Massachusetts. It is actually Alabama. Really? Where it's illegal. Whoa. Yes, it is illegal to dress like a priest or nun on any day in the year, not just Halloween. You're not allowed to impersonate clergy in Alabama. A fine of up to $500 and or a year in prison. Wow. <gasps> that was a severe shot in the dark. It really That's was. why you got two points on that one. That was fantastic. Mm. Wow. I mean, Utah, Massachusetts, you know, they, they, they got enough problems with every other religion. Uh, if you want in their state. So they, they probably wouldn't have it too much of an issue if you're dressing mm. up like somebody else. Wow. All right. Question number six. Jonah, we're going to throw this one at you first. An- another good history Halloween question. What celebrity died on October 31st of 1926? Houdini. Oh, yeah. Ooh, interesting. Jim, what about you? Who do you think died on, on Halloween 1926? I have to agree with John. It was Houdini. All right. Badger, what about you? Going for the trifecta, Houdini. Harry Houdini, in fact. Not too bad. There was a rumor that uh, 
the Halloween death of Houdini was a hoax, but he did die on Halloween of 1926 and then told his wife he'd come back in, in a falling Halloween or two. So there's, you know, seances and stuff to see if being a ghost was real. So um, Houdini, who would like to call out the hoaxers on that, he did actually die on Halloween itself. Jonna, we're giving you two points on that one, one to the other hosts. So we're, we're keeping this one tight and we'll, uh, do question number seven as I keep hitting the wrong button and hopefully that beep isn't coming across. Question number seven. Uh, let's throw it at Jim first. Who wrote the original Frankenstein and what was the monster's name? Well, Mary Shelley Wallencroft, I think it is, wrote Frankenstein. Um, as far as the monster's name, I don't, I don't remember. All right, interesting. We'll we'll put that. We'll lock in that answer. Jonah, what about you? Who wrote the original Frankenstein, and what was the monster's name? It was written about. It was written by um, Mary Shelley, but that's a trick question because the monster was never given a name. He was just always referred to as the monster. Okay. See how confident I gave that number, that name? (laughs) It was extremely confident. Badger, do you agree or do you think it's some other author who might have written the original Frankenstein? And, you know, maybe the monster had a name in there. Maybe he did. Uh, I'm the the only one I know is Mary Shelley. and, And even in the movie, the monster is credited with a question mark implying he had no name. So, no name other than the monster is correct. We're going to give uh, you guys each get a point. Jonah's getting two. the monster technically didn't have a name, but he does refer to himself in the book uh, itself as um, an atom of your labors to Dr. Frankenstein. So mm-hmm. he doesn't really give himself a name, but I would have taken that one also because uh, it is a reference in there, but no, he does not have a name itself. And then everybody gets really confused on who's Frankenstein. Who's the monster? And then there's Frankenstein. <clears throat> Frankenstein. Who mm. knows the alternate title of the book? I used to. Um, oh, I have no idea. I hope that's not an upcoming question. Well, uh, this, this I know. No, it my, isn't. Su- my summer in Transylvania? <laughs> no, no, it has to do with... <laughs> It's a big long title, I think, and it has to do with you know three, science and it's a three-word Frank, title. Frankenstein oh. two electric boogaloo. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. The modern Prometheus. That's it. Just sounds like a long title. Sounds like a Star Trek episode. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, wait, it was. But I believe that was question seven, correct, Storm? Yes, it was. We're at the halfway point. I actually, you know, fixed things to get a total here. So uh, while you're adding up the totals, while you're adding up the totals, it's time for us to take a quick break to listen to our very fine sponsor, HauntPay, who is a proud sponsor of the Roundtable of Terror. Maybe not this episode, but many other episodes. So take a quick listen to this while we sort out the point scores. And when we come back, we'll find out who's leading and who's losing here on 
the 13 Questions of Doom. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And we're back to the 13 questions of doom here on the round table of terror. And once again, let's find out who's winning and who is not winning with your host storm. Thank you, Badger. Yes, we are through the first seven questions of 13 questions of doom. The Halloween spooktacular Two, uh, electric boogaloo. Um, and yes, as for not winning, Badger, you, you, you've got four points, which isn't too bad. You've almost Woo-hoo. gotten something on every question, uh, but you're, you're trailing. You're, you're in third. Uh, Jonna is in second with five points, but Jim's knocked out of the park with some real on-the-nose answers, and especially pulling out Alabama there with seven points. So still, uh, you know, a lot more questions to go. Points maybe double or triple. Who knows? Uh, it depends on the answers and the question. I'll, I'll figure it out as we go. So this is still anybody's game. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll get Badger a chance to jump back in this one with question number eight. This is something I feel he should know. This is, this is something that should be in Badger's wheelhouse. Badger, what's the address for Herman, Lily, and Grandpa Munster? Is it 1313 Mockingbird Lane? I don't know. Is it? You know, did you have a, a zip code or anything there? No zip code. That's my guess. All right. Which is, it's also the address for Netherworld, 1313 Netherworld Drive in Stone Mountain, Georgia. Well, that's interesting. Did they, I wonder if they just got that or was it because they made they their did. own road? Yeah, they did they just did. get it when they moved. They put their own little road in there and the city mm-hmm. council. Gave well, them see, the they made their own little road. So, yeah, they yes. can put whatever number they want. All right, that works. Uh, Jim, what about you? What is the address for Herman, Lily, and Grandpa Munster? 1313 Mockingbird Lane. And Jonah, what about you? What What do you think the address is? I agree. It is 1313 Mockingbird Lane. It is the official address until Rob Zombie decides to change it or something. I'm waiting for that <laughs> to happen. You know, see, seeing what he's doing with them, who knows? Doesn't have the kids. Does so, anyone know? Hey. Does, does anyone know the Adams family address? No, not off the top of my head. I don't. I don't know if they ever mentioned it. That uh, one, I the, do not know. Yeah, the Mockingbird Lane was a good joke, and they also, when they tried to revamp it, redo it in like the '90s or something, they had a show that's called "Thirteen Thirteen Mockingbird Lane." I remember trying that. to be a a more drama you know monster uh, uh monsters so yep two points for badger and a point mm-hmm. each for jim and john so not too bad on that one question number nine john i'll have you do this one first oh this, this okay agricultural question another geography so <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give you a, we'll give you a shot at this one 
what region of the world do pumpkins originate from? It's not Illinois. What region of the world? Yes. Oh. Um. You can even pick continent here. I, I'm gonna uh, <laughs> Europe. <laughs> I'll just say not too Europe. bad. Not too bad. Europe's Europe's not a bad one. We'll see if you get any points based on some logic and what the others answer. Jim, what about you? What what uh, region of the world did pumpkins originate from? Well, obviously, it has to be North America. North America. Ooh, interesting. You sound really confident on that. I do because pumpkins are all about our, you know, our 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 celebration. So they had to have come from North America. Where else could they come from? Start playing it right there. America. Play some patriotic music. Uh, Badger, what about you? Where, where do pumpkins originate from? Pumpkins are a gourd. Pumpkins are a member of the squash family, if I recall correctly. And I believe it was Native Americans that cultivated squash. So I'm going to have to go with either North America or Central America, somewhere in the uh, Mexican type area, Mexico type area where um, agriculture kind of began. And and that's probably why the jack-o'-lanterns used to be carved out of turnips in Ireland and other places, because they didn't have pumpkins. Right. Wow. He just squished everybody. You know, Badger, I was only going to give you a, a half a point on that one uh, until you started really pulling Mexico out there in Central. It is Central America is where the pumpkins originated from. No, they did not come from North America. And yes, that is why they had turnips that they carved in Europe because they did not have delicious, delicious pumpkins that is now flavoring everything. And, uh, you know, Possibly pumpkins might have been the original Mayan death whistle. You know, they weren't carving, Ooh. you know, they might have been carving <laughs> pumpkins at that point. There was somebody so, at CreepyCon that had a uh, Mayan death whistle that he would blow off from occasion from time to time. And that is a weird sound. I have a death well, yeah, whistle, because, but it's plastic. <laughs> well, yeah, well, no, that could work. It, it depends on what you got them out of. But yeah. apparently that's like the second thing you have to make with a 3D printer now. The first being bottle openers. Everybody, if you get a 3D printer, everybody wants you to make them a bottle opener, uh, which <laughs> sort of makes sense. But yes, mine death whistles, you know, they just churn them out of those 3D printers. Go to your local library, folks. Mm-hmm. All right, we are at question number 10. We're, we're getting in the home stretch. Just a few more questions left. Um, Badger, uh, we will have you go first on this one. Oh, this is another good, uh, you know, sort of history, sort of literature. What's the name of Dracula's sidekick? Renfield? Played by Tom Waits in the movie with Keanu Reeves. Patrick doesn't sound too confident on that one. Jim, what about you? Who who is Dracula's uh, uh, sidekick? I'm going to be a little more confident and say Renfield. Interesting. Jonna, what about you? Who is Dracula's sidekick? The gentlemen are correct. It's Renfield. Thank you, no one saying Igor. I, I hear too much Igor with Dracula <laughs> nowadays. I mean, it, what was that terrible one in the 70s with um, the guy from uh, Dear John and Frank Langella? Uh, 
no, no, no. Uh, goodness, I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, he's a character actor, but he 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 he, he like plays like the grandfather of people. He was he was the grandfather in um, uh, Independence Day. Good gracious, I I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But they, there's a Halloween special, and he saves. You know, he's Dracula, saves Halloween, but his assistant was Igor in it. Oh, you're it's talking about awesome. Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch, yes, exactly. From from the uh, the the night Dracula saved the world, with yes, Judd exactly. Hirsch and Mary Lou Henner and Henry Gibson. God, that was oh awful. my gosh, that was the yes. worst. And then they all had a disco party afterwards. Well, of course. Well, it, it was the seventies, you know. They, they, you know, they, at least home. they didn't yeah. show them doing lines before the disco party. <laughs> which probably happened. Oh, well, that was probably that. done before they wrote the script. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, definitely. But yes, Renfield. Got an idea. <laughs> oh, Everybody gets a point Judd on that Hirsch as Dracula. Uh, according to this, oh Universal slot, slots Dracula's spinoff Renfield for April 2023. Ooh. Ooh. Interesting. Will it be Tom Waits, though? Will be the question. Will he be eating flies and other small creatures to build his <laughs> way up to being a <laughs> vampire? It will have Nicholas Holt as Renfield. Who played Beast in the X Men movies? Okay, all right, I can see that. Hmm. And uh, Dracula will be played by Nicolas Cage. Oh, really? Well, that's really? worth seeing right there. Oh, this is going to be such a smash hit. <laughs> I, I was hoping that Dracula would be played by the uh, guy who plays Frazier, um, Niles, or Kelsey yeah, Grammer. No, no. Kelsey Grammer, because he also was Beast in X-Men movies. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, we know Badger doesn't know movies. Uh, Jim or Jonah, which one do you feel more confident on a movie question? I'm pretty uh, I feel fairly confident about it. Well, Jim spoke up first. We're going to throw this one at him first. And this might be one that Jim should know. Jim, for question 11 tonight, in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, how many people are killed by a chainsaw? Ooh. Mm, that's a good question. Well, these are all good questions. Those are the 13 questions of doom. One. You're going with one. Interesting. That sounds a little low for a movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. John, what about you? How many people do you think were killed by a chainsaw in the original Texas can, Chainsaw Massacre? Can we do this massacre? like the price is right as to, you know, who gets closest? <laughs> well, usually I just give off points, so yeah. Um, it wasn't a whole big number because budget-wise they could afford that many people, but I'm going to say it was probably... Um, let's say seven. Seven. Ooh. All right. More, more of a massacre number there. Interesting. Is might be close enough. Might not. Might be way off the mark. Badger, what about you? Is this something you've picked up at wandering the halls of our horror conventions and talking to the various actors? You can probably name what actors were killed by it. You know, got a whole list of them. You know, can you tell us how many people were killed by a chainsaw in the original? Texas Chainsaw Mask. Zero. 
zero. Wow. Just just going out there on, on the full limb, just thinking this is some sort of crazy trick question. Uh, yeah. Jim was right. Only one person was killed by the chainsaw. There really? A lot of hammers and meat hooks. But yeah, in the original one, one person, I think they fixed that in the one that came out like a year or two ago. Uh, and they like killed a busload of people or something with it. But yes, only one person uh, actually killed by the chainsaw in the chainsaw massacre. And, you know, in, in case people are wondering, too, because I came across it enough, double checking my uh, information on that one. Uh, that movie is not based on a true story. It's a little bit based on Ed Gein and Buffalo Bill. But no, there was no true story. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the more recent movies try to tell you there is. Hmm. You know, I got so not too bad. I got to say that latest one that's on Netflix where, I mean, the whole bus scene is glorious. Yes, no, there's like 27 people on that one. That's why That's why I had to make sure to, you know, mention the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because, yeah, it's like 36 for the newer ones. They realized, you know, we might want to market this someday. I've watched that. We're in the last... I, I just wanted to say, I've watched that movie several times. And when I was a teenager, I took my girlfriend home after watching it, went back to my house, got my chainsaw and got under her window. <laughs> you, you figured That's... out the first of it. Well, I figured out that you did not have a girlfriend the next day. <laughs> to this day, she doesn't know I did it. Oh, oh, that's even worse. She does now. Oh, God. She's a listener. Well, if she's a listener. Well, no, they're probably traumatized. Not going to be in the haunt industry after something like that. That killed her lumberjack career aspirations. <laughs> I fired that bad boy up right underneath her window, and I heard a blood curdling scream, and I bolted. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, let's all right. Let's check. Let's check Jim's youth. Did you take the chain off before you did that? Nope. Ah, yes. Classic young actor stuff. <laughs> Now, let's disregard safety. We're, we're doing this one. Just saw a movie based on this. Nothing bad could happen. That's right. fantastic. That's a fantastic story. I'd give you more points for that story, but you're already in the lead with 11 points so far tonight. Badger's crawled back up with nine. He's had some good answers. Jonah, you, you got two questions to, to catch up. You only got seven points. I know. So let's I got see, to the uh, bottom, didn't I? Yeah, let's see what we can do with this one. And. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, let's throw this first one out to you. You know, this one's a little hard for whoever has to answer this one first. From top to bottom, what are the traditional colors of candy corn? White, yellow, orange from top to bottom. Mm. Yeah, white, yellow, orange. Interesting. Pick me. All right, Jim, what about you? What, what are the traditional colors of candy corn? White. From top to bottom. White, orange, yellow. Because I love And Badger, I guess. Badger, what question, about you? What The question I need to ask is, which is the top of the candy corn, the narrow part or the wide part? The narrow part. Which part? Well, if you, you could set it, if you could set it on its bottom on the table, then the top, the narrow part is the top. 
then I'd have to say white, yellow, orange. You're both wrong. Notice those are the colors of our logo, too. But you're both wrong. I think that's hey, I'm double. I'm double checking this one because, <laughs> you know, I wrote it down. You know, I, I think the question might have screwed me on this one because, you know, Jim said it. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Isn't the yellow part the bottom? Yes. And I, I think the answer in the trivia that, you know, I originally Google gave me the wrong order. <gasps> Well, I'm looking at several pictures and it's white, orange, yellow. Yeah. And for some reason, the, the, the trivia question I had found originally, and I, again, being colorblind, I didn't look it up, which was dumb. But yeah, it, because if you put them all together, then it looks like a corn cob. And you're going to look like a corn cob with the orange at the bottom. So, yes, the actual answer is white, yellow, uh, white, orange, yellow. So even even I got that one wrong. I lose points. Dang on that it! One. Take it out you, by wow. candy. You lose the point that Jonna hey. gave you earlier. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I, I will. I will share this with you. I did Google the Adams family address was zero zero one Cemetery Lane. Okay. Very nice. Thank you. Good to know. I always thought those ones that went uh, white, orange, uh, like the dark chocolatey brown were the better tasting candy corns. But you had to pick out the, the, the terrible pumpkin things with them. They look like they'd be good, but they, they tasted terrible. All right, one question left. We're in our final question of round 15 of the 13 questions of doom. Uh, the placement has not changed, so we'll see who can come out with this one? It's, Jonah will have to have like the greatest answer known to mankind to catch up to Jim. I mean, no Jim with that last one is up there. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, well, oh, oh, okay. Uh, Badger, I'm going to give you this one first. This, this should be, this will be fun. Complete the lyric from the Halloween song, Monster Mash. I was working late in the lab one night. I don't know because I don't listen to song lyrics. <gasps> not even I Halloween honest, songs. I honestly do not know the song lyrics. I know it. I know it. The, the word that rhymes is probably fright, but I do not know the next line. I'm in stun shop. Um, yeah. Same. Wow. Here. Wow. Sorry. Uh, the whole audience shot Jim. <laughs> I, that's why what I don't about, do karaoke. They give you the no lyrics on is, karaoke. You don't have to know. No one has ever karaoke Monster Mash in their life. No one has ever done that, even at a Halloween party. Uh, Jim, what about you? Can you complete the lyrics from the Halloween song Monster Mash? I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes. Beheld an eerie sight. Didn't even get the rhyme right. No, you didn't. No, it's, nope. it's terrible. Interesting. Uh, good answer. Are you off by 
a Soul Bowler 3? Who knows? Jonah, can you pull this one out? Can you complete the lyric from Monster Mash? I was working in the lab late one night. You know, I've been a professional singer. And I am horrible with remembering lyrics. I was working late in the lab one night. When I saw a mysterious sight. Not too bad. I was hoping that, you know, maybe you'd pull out the accent there. But the actual answer was what Jim had it. When my eyes beheld an eerie light, uh, an eerie sight, (laughs) an eerie sight, huh? You made me think he had it wrong because I was agreeing with him. Well, that's the idea, but we got to have the confidence. And then you threw out, I've been a professional singer. So you could have sung it, which no one did. And we got you some bonus points. But not too bad. But Jim, Jim just kicked it out of the park in this one. Uh, yes, everyone, I did take off a point from Badger for the the answer to that last one. I, I don't know. And well-deserved. <laughs> stood in line. I mean, when I worked at Spooky World, we we they played that song constantly. So it was stuck in your head. Uh, I, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's like, you know, perhaps there's a podcast that has had four or five Howling jukeboxes, which might have featured that song dozens of times over the years. Uh, I wow. So uh, not a fan of lyrics. Apparently, no. Yeah, this is, I, 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 I'm never I, catch I, me singing along to songs. I'm now worried to go to a rockabilly concert. What? What is it? It, it is all just banjos and 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 jugs. I that's bluegrass. I never sing. Now I'm really confused. I, I'm going to have to, you know, develop it now a bluegrass alternate alternate uh, personality to go with Hank Travis. <laughs> well, you can have his cousin. Not too Steve bad. Travis. <laughs> not too bad for for some questions there. Uh, uh, you know, Jonas got to study up on Halloween. I got to study up on pronouncing names and everything else. <laughs> Uh, eight points, not too bad. Badger, you know, tucked it out with nine points tonight. So, you know, uh, for a couple movie questions, not too bad. We all learned something about Badger tonight. And then, of course, Jim just blew it out of the park. 16 points in the 13 questions of Doom. A very good total uh, with some really great answers there this time. Jim knows his Halloween, at least this time. So Jim is the winner of... The 13 Questions of Doom, the Halloween Spooktacular number two. And now, I, now I am the interim champion until I go up against David Howard Thornton. Who will yeah. at some point be back on the show to defend his title. He has promised us that. But anyway, I would like to thank Storm for hosting once again the 15th edition of the 13 Questions of Doom. As always, he did a very fine job except he always asked me the wrong questions, but that's okay. I'm used to losing. <laughs> and of course, we could not do this without Meat Hook Jim, our interim champion, and Jana, the old crone. My name is Drew Badger. I will get the consolation rice the San Francisco treat. Jana can have the year's supply of turtle wax. And Jim, at some point, will get a copy of the 13 Questions of Doom home board game. Mm. Patent pending. But thank you, Storm, and thank you all for listening to the 13 questions.
questions of doom. Why do I? You know, with in, in, inflation right now, you, you guys probably made out better than Jim. Yeah, I was gonna say, why do I feel like I'm getting the short end of the stick here? You got yeah. the title belt. Live with it. <laughs> where's where's my belt? I need the belt. I'm gonna have one. Well, of you also win the non-expenses uh, unpaid trip to Salem. So the non enjoy Salem. <laughs> yeah, you get to, no, you home. get to pay for your own trip to Salem. So yeah, so you're good. All right. Well, you know, fortunately, I got a very hefty bonus last week, so it helps. Well, Jim, nice. Jim's head looks like it could probably use that turtle wax that I just won. I agree. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. Ooh. Wax no, it up, baby. <laughs> now you should just powder it instead of letting it shine. I like my hair. I like my head waxed. <laughs> I should get into said. a bowling ball waxer, you know, the bowling ball polishers. Stick it in there and it takes care of it for me. There's the Central America pump joke somewhere around here. Everybody, Drew Badger here. We're live at CreepyCon in Knoxville, Tennessee, and walking through the aisles and everything, I come across this. This is Rocky Top Mountain Coaster. If you've ever ridden one of those mountain coasters around anywhere that you have mountains and coasters, they're pretty cool. I've seen videos. I've never done one myself, but during the month of October, this one out in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, becomes Coast and Goblins. You might say it's a haunted mountain coaster. I've got Shane here to talk about it. How are you doing, sir? Nice to meet you. I'm great. Uh, yeah, we're here to check out CreepyCon and see uh, all the cool, scary people. And, and there's a lot of cool and scary people out here. I, I can't. And, and you are rather, shall we say, disturbing in your voodoo-type garb here with two-headed snake skeleton around you and all that. I like it. Thank you, yes. <laughs> So what is the Coast and Goblins? You've been doing this for a number of years. You know, a lot of people know what a mountain coaster is. I assume that's the official name of what these what this is. I've seen them in, you know, Switzerland and up in upstate, you know, in the northeast yes. and, and in other mountain resort communities. And 
But but what is this and how is this different from a standard mountain coaster? Well, we're the longest one in Tennessee. Um, we are the only mountain coaster that we're aware of that actually does a haunting coaster uh, where we have live actors along the mountain to scare you, the queue line. Uh, we try to make it as scary and as spooky as possible. And so, like, when you're whipping down the mountain at probably, what, 200 miles an hour or something, you got like people, it. it feels like <laughs> it, you got people that jump out at you, or are there spots where you are intentionally slowed down and people are lurking there, or how does that work? There are uh, some slowdowns in some of the spots, and they will be uh, definitely scared at that moment. <laughs> there is, uh, we'll have some people staged in some fast zones where they're zipping along at, the coasters go about 30 miles an hour. Yes, it, the fun part for me is when they're zipping along. I like to jump out there. That's, it gets a little bit bigger fright out of people. Now, going along at 30 miles an hour on basically what looks like a shoebox with wheels, how, how safe is this? Oh, it's very safe. There, there's not been uh, a single major accident uh, with, the, with the track or with the carts. Um, We've never had a, that kind of accident or anything. So. How, how do they stay on the track? They are they're tubes tight. It's almost like a roller coaster. So there's three whales on wraps around the actual coaster. Okay. They're tubes. So it, the cart will never come off. Okay, that's that's what I my biggest fear is seeing these things is taking a turf too fast and oh, yeah. you know I'm I'm a big fella and I'm a, I'm afraid my momentum I just go off the cliff or something. No, no. <laughs> goes fast i mean it, it doesn't um you're never going to come off of them things it's and you're strapped in good and yes. tight i assume seat belt they make sure you're going fastened before you go and the cool thing is you can't unlock it till you get to the end so you can't escape these nope. things that come creeping out at you no you cannot you can <laughs> scream but you're stuck right there so what gave you the idea to do this i mean it's a wonderful take and i mean a perfect thing for a lot of people coming out leaf watching and stuff Want to do a coaster and then at night come and do a haunted coaster? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, daytime rides are good. And during October, they'll see some of the animatronics and stuff during the day. Uh, so they'll know what they're, some of what they're co- what's coming <laughs> in the evening. Um, we took the idea to go scary and not be as um, the happier, fun side, I guess you would call it, of Halloween and make it a little bit spooky. We just seemed to be what we thought was needed for the area so has is this like not recommended for young children type scary or is this uh you know go at your own risk type scary it's go at your own risk i mean we 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 do kind of talk to the actors if you see a small child be a little bit more generous you know try not to go full on (laughs) so um it's yeah go at your own risk okay so you're not going to get covered in blood, and hopefully you're not going to see any no, like beheadings no one, or no, no one will done. definitely not. No, no, no. no killings. Okay. There That's would um, they will the, none of the actors will touch you. They won't. You know, well, not at 30 miles an hour. They won't, no, so. no. That would be. That, that, that then would they not. might have some other incidents. <laughs> um, uh, I've seen worse severed hands before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, a tremendous amount of fun. The actors have a ton of fun. Um, it, it, the funnest part for me is, is seeing the, the thrill of people when they get off the ride. Very nice. So for people wanting more information about Coast and Goblins, the um, Rocky Top Mountain Coaster out there in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and, and I understand you're also looking for actors at yes. this time. 
How can people get more information, websites, social medias? Maybe I'm somebody that lives in the Gatlinburg area or Sevierville, uh, you know, Knoxville, whatever, and I'm, I might be interested in coming and working at this thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they can go to visit our website. It's rockytopcoaster.com. Uh, and then they can find us on pretty much any social media platform. We're on TikTok, Facebook, and it's Rocky Top Mountain Coaster. Um, but they'll find all that information there, contact, email, etc. Sounds like it's going to be a lot of spooky fun this October. So, Shane, thank you for taking the time to speak to us here on the Big Scary Show. Once again, folks, rockytopcoasters.com. Yes. RockyTopCoasters.com. If you're looking at uh, a pretty thrilling ride, I assume this is in pitch black with a little bit of lighting and monsters jumping out at you as you zip by up to 30 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting in line. Do what? We have tunnels. We're the only mountain coaster with tunnels. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Yeah, now I have to come up here and try this. Once again, folks, Drew Badger here live in Knoxville, Tennessee at CreepyCon. And we're out. Midnight Syndicate. Unexpected Cargo, a Big Scary Show exclusive. Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. Greetings, listeners, listeners, and welcome. welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. torso. It's time time for Between between the the corpses. Corpses.
Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. And on this episode of Between the Corpses, we continue our journey down torture and execution with amputation. Common offenses were punishable with uncommon cruelty in the Middle Ages. Mutilation was one way of making sure the punishment fitted the crime. Minor crimes could send British people to an executioner who carried out amputations. A pillory or stocks immobilized the victim, although occasionally a fellow was deprived of his limbs while chained up in prison. The lost body part was often appropriate. A thief would lose first a thumb, and for a second offense, the hand that had stolen. A seducer might have his eyes put out. The poacher could lose the feet he had trespassed with. The suffering of the mutilated was immense. There was no anesthesia, so the agony of the axe chop was excruciating. There were no proven medicines, only herbal remedies made by local wise women, so knowledge of the dangers of infection was minimal. Consequently, the sentence of amputation was often akin to getting the death penalty, as many died as a consequence of their injury. Afterward, the limbless that survived were associated on site with villainy. They were unable to find employment, either because they were so incapacitated or they were not trusted, so most continued with crime rather than die of starvation. Sometimes the law demanded the loss of an ear. King Henry VIII's reign used this as a penalty for non-attendance of church. A felon caught for the second time would lose his other ear. There were cases of victims having their ears nailed to a pillory. The hapless man could only secure his freedom by tearing his own flesh. While the savagery was usually restricted to general offenses, records show that moneylenders in 1124 had their right hands and testicles cut off by order of King Henry I. A woman in Portsmouth had her breasts severed. As the Middle Ages passed, the popularity of amputation waned. However, it was retained as part of the punishment for those considered guilty of liable. When it was used, it appeared an anachronism. In 1581, John Stubbs, a writer, and William Pace, his publisher, were subjected to public mutilation at Westminster in London after it was deemed that they had insulted Queen Elizabeth. Afterward, their stumps were cauterized by a hot iron. An observer wrote, when his right hand was struck off, Stubbs plucked up his hat with his left hand and said with a loud voice, God save the queen. The multitude standing around were deeply silent, either out of honor at this new form of punishment or out of commiseration with the man. As late as 1731, Sir Peter Stringer, who had forged deeds was subjected to mutilation after a spell in Charing Cross Pillory in London. The hangman, John Cooper, came up behind him and with a knife, like a gardener's pruning knife, cut off his ears and held them up so that the mob could see them. Having handed them to Mr. Watson, the sheriff's officer, the hangman slit both nostrils with a pair of scissors. Hmm. Well, I don't know, that sounds kind of brutal to me. But those were the Middle Ages. 
the punishment fit the crime. We'll catch you on the next episode. Come now and explore the possibility of the impossible. Centronics International presents a terrifying journey into the supernatural, narrated by the master of slithering evil, Rod Serling. It is tradition that ghosts and ghouls and various other citizens of the grotesque wrap themselves in malevolent mists and deep darkness, disguised as all manner of things. This is a terrifying encounter with the unknown. A tale spun by devils. Encounter with the unknown. <laughs> it's time for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> An old crone is only as good as her witchy cackle. It's important I take care of my voice during the season to make sure my cackle doesn't go silent. Your actors are yelling all night, and that can do a lot of damage. So let's talk about how we can keep their voices sounding just as good on Halloween as they did on opening night. Now, during your actor training is a great time to begin talking to your actors about how to save their voices. Here's a few tips that I share with my monsters. First is hydrate. We've all heard about sipping tea, throat lozenges, honey, and while all of these will make your throat feel good, they don't actually touch the vocal cords. So whether you're drinking tea with honey or good old H2O, get plenty of fluids for your whole body. Your larynx is a muscle just like the ones in your legs, arms, and back. You wouldn't go into an athletic competition without some kind of warm-up to prevent damage to those muscles, right? Singers have vocal warm-ups warm using musical scales, but not everyone on your team is going to be a trained singer or musician. So try this instead. Find a chant for your haunt. Start the chant low and quiet, slowly building up to chanting louder and louder. This is much better than just going from 0 to 100 with the first guest and trying to maintain that level all night. Teach your actors how to use different parts of their voice. Making a deep growl from your throat area is going to wear out your throat really fast. So here's a vocal exercise to help illustrate this. So first we're going to pretend like you have imaginary lines going from your throat to the top of your head marking off each section. The lower throat, higher throat, mouth, nose, and the top of your head. We'll use the Big Scary Show as the chant. Now this is going to all be at one volume. We're just illustrating the different parts of their voice. Say the chant by focusing on the lower part of your voice. Pretend this is where the air is going to come out instead of your mouth. The big scary show, the big scary show, the big scary show. Got it? Now we're going to use the upper part of our throat, which is what we would normally consider our regular talking voice. The big scary show, the big scary show, the big scary show. Now say the chant, focusing all of that air and sound coming from your mouth. 
It helps if you open your mouth really wide and feel the sound and the air coming over your tongue. The Big Scary Show! The Big Scary Show! The Big Scary Show! Now, it may not sound a lot different, but if you try it, I promise it will feel different. Especially if your throat is starting to get sore, you want to get that air and that pressure off of your throat. So next is the nose. Yes, it may sound kind of higher pitched and maybe a little nasally, but that just shows that you're doing it right. The Big Scary Show! The Big Scary Show! The Big Scary Show! I'm feeling all of that air filling up the, the nasal and eye area. And next we're going to do the top of your head. Now if you're familiar with high tenors like Justin Timberlake, this is how they get that high falsetto pitch. And this is what singers usually refer to as using their head voice. It is going to be a higher pitch. The next scary show! The next scary show! The next scary show! Does that make sense? Once your actors know how to use different parts of their voice, encourage them to switch it up during the night. They can start out, We're going to eat you! And that's really going to hurt their voice within probably an hour. So they can start out saying, We're going to eat you! And then change it to, We're going to eat you! And then, We're going to eat you! Up in the head. It's all different parts of the voice and, and the different parts of the anatomy. So you're not straining your throat, and that's usually where you end up with laryngitis. So I strongly encourage you trying this out. There's also some great YouTube videos on how to use your voice. Now, I've been a singer all my life, both casually for fun as well as professionally. So trust me, these tips do work. I've been in shows where I've had to sing for many hours every single night of the week. So you definitely have to take care of your voice, just like our haunters do. So, till next time, don't you forget to stir the cauldron. Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We are live at CreepyCon in Knoxville, Tennessee. And one of the things I love about this show is so many haunt owners from Eastern and Middle Tennessee come out and set up their booths, meet fans. Everybody in this show should be going to these haunted attractions, including this one, Dead Man's Farm out in Loudoun County, Tennessee, in a town apparently called Philadelphia, which is about the size of, well, not much. But I got Jeff here from Dead Man's Farms. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, doing great. How was your season last year compared to, you know, we've had COVID over the last couple of years, but so many haunt owners apparently are saying they've had record years. Yes, everything did really well last year. I think a lot of people are just excited to get out. So, yeah, we did a lot better than the COVID years. <laughs> and and hopefully years prior to that. Yes. So tell us a little bit about Dead Man's Farm. If I'm driving through Loudoun County and I want to go see a haunted house and I buy a ticket, what am I expecting? So we have a lot of things to do. We've got stuff to do from 7 o'clock on to midnight. So we've got haunted house, haunted corn maze, escape rooms, virtual reality, buried alive simulations, fire breathers, food trucks, a little bit of everything. So you're more of a destination as opposed yes. to... You go in, you go spend 45 minutes, go to the next. You're there two or three hours, hopefully. Yes, I, you can be there five hours easy. Nice. We tell people, like, you may not be able to do everything that we've got in one night if you don't be there when we open. Really? So, and uh, do people just wind up having a line out of the door and then you got to shoo them out at the end of the night? We stay open till everybody goes through with anything they've already bought a ticket for. Oh, fantastic. And what is your uh, theme this year? Have you upped it up uh, from different from the last year or what? 
So we've always got our bludgeon family, but we've changed it up a little bit this year. We've got a lot of new scares, a lot of new scenes. We've got our bludgeon family. They're always into some type of mischief. We've got our clowns of the corn maze. They're always doing something crazy out there. So we just have a lot of fun. We've got a lot of different things going on, a lot of things to see. And how different is it from last year? So the haunted house is very different from last year. Uh, like I said, we've added a lot of new scenes. We've got a lot of new scares that we're really excited about. Uh, the haunted corn maze has definitely changed. We've changed the path, and the clowns inside have decided to build a little town. So they've got a big area in there for you to, to take you through. So you're saying you have a clown town inside a corn maze? Yes, absolutely. That's oh, the best way to do it. God, that sounds so horrifying. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <sighs> Jesus, H. Um, I saw you had a sign here. You've got a hiring fair coming up at the end of September. Yes, we do. So we're really excited about that. September 27th, um, we are doing, we have just every type of position possible that would go along with an event like ours. So we have a lot of different things. We'd love for people to come out and take a look at that. So not only actors, but makeup artists, ticket takers, security, parking lot, general yes. maintenance, everything? Yes. Yeah, event staff, uh, customer service. It's a little bit of everything. We do have one thing new this year, I almost forgot to mention. We do have our back by popular demand, our dare to be touch option. Where our touch is so nice, we charge for it. You have to be 18, though. You have to sign a waiver? You don't have to sign a waiver, but you do have to be 18. And there is light touching, aggressive touching. What's going on? You can be pulled away from your group. You can be separated. Uh, you can be kept back, and you can be made part of the show. Oh, that just sounds horrifying as well. What are the uh, dates you're open, uh, what's for opening night, closing night, and where can people get more information about Dead Man's Farm? Our opening night is going to be September 30th, and then we go on uh, most, we go every weekend, but it's most days through Halloween, uh, but you can find all the information at deadmansfarm.com, and we're on all the socials. So deadmansfarm.com, I wish you nothing but success. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun up there in Philadelphia, Tennessee, a.k.a. Loudoun County. Remember, folks, support your local haunts, including this one and everyone in your area. Once again, folks, my name is Drew Badger here at CreepyCon in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we're out. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers, where are we? Jerry Vane takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from instrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We're live at CreepyCon in Knoxville. It's Sunday, things are slowly starting to wind down. There's a lot of tired looking people walking around and a lot of tired looking vendors and the folks next to us. If you go to Transworld regularly, you've probably seen some of their stuff wandering around the show floor. Sometimes they've got little motorized creations driving around. If you remember the giant spider from a couple of years ago that was walking or riding around and some other things, it's Brainchild Creative, if, that's, if I have that correct. And I've got Steve here. How you doing, man? Pretty good. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. How was your trans world, I guess we should ask? Oh, it was good. Yeah, it was really nice. I mean, that, that thing just gets bigger and bigger every year. So uh, so a lot of a lot of good stuff out there. And, uh, you know, we, have, we get to see all the people we like to see, you know, and uh, cut old customers, get some new ones. And, uh, 
and it's really kind of inspirational too you go and you find stuff that you know you see what the other people are doing and you're like wow that, that it, it pumps you up to to push yourself to the next level of what can i do next year now kind of gets the creative juices flowing you know like you know three or four years ago you had a giant clown jack-in-the-box running around the show floor at trans world i don't know what it was called and then <laughs> you had the spider and then you had your daughter as part of this giant snake thing and then then you've got these giant hunchback things walking around this year, and, and you know, what's next? Where do you go from there? Yeah, this uh, this past year, uh, or well, two years ago, we we bought a, bought out a stagecraft uh, costumes, which has been around for since the '70s, and that's actually where I got my start was working for them. And once he retired, uh, I bought the company from him, and we sort of relaunched it. And of course, we bought it right in 2020, right when COVID of hit. Course. So. <laughs> So our, our, we had a, the most, the softest, soft opening you could ever have in, in your life. So um, so this year was really the first time that now getting back to Transworld and getting out into the, the, circuit, the concert and stuff that uh, that we can sort of unveil some things costume-wise that we've, that we've never done. Um, you know, we've done some, you know, the motorized stuff was more of a, a side thing that Brainchild was doing. Um, um, but now we can sort of put it under that uh, stagecraft envelope, you know, and... Uh, Sort of spread our spread our legs in the the costume. It was kind of where I got my start. We sort of became more of a theming company, but now we're sort of adding that costume aspect back into it. So, and and like you've got a couple of the uh, giant hunchbacks here, and you've got this pig here, and I don't know what it is, but I, I have seen literally dozens, if not hundreds, of people come take a picture of a of a pig costume. Everybody loves the murder pig. It's just so it's murder pig. Yeah, it's the murder pig. Okay. So. <laughs> So yeah, you can't. Uh, I guess he's just an iconic. Um, he's not quite quite Frankenstein or Dracula, but the he's butcher pig that. is pretty high up on the list. I don't think there's a haunt around that doesn't have a butcher pig somewhere. Oh, in there, there's plenty of butcher pig mask type things, yeah. but this is an actual yeah, so pig just, pig. Yeah, pig we took thing. the character, you know, because we basically do character costumes for universities and corporate and stuff like that. So we we sort of said, well, let's let's take the, the that character costume look and make a haunt. You know, because I don't see a lot of that happening in the haunt industry that they're using character costume. If some do, like the the Five Nights at Freddy's thing is really big, and so um, so we're just trying to we we've got this you know to do. Let's let's put it into the haunt aspect of things and uh, and see what we can do. So. You know, that's an, that's an interesting thing because a lot of you know as we say featured characters at haunts yeah. are just guys or girls in a yeah. mask or makeup. Right. They're not like school mascots college yeah. mascot type things and you know that's a great concept because you the sky's the limit with as far as what you can do- design it doesn't have to actually look human yeah. or you know vaguely human shaped you could create almost anything and make that your feature yeah, that's a, a that's a neat idea there's kind of a trend going around you, there was a couple like the banana splits ahead of that movie where yeah, it was kind of a horror that. movie sort of thing where they, the animatronics go wild and so they're using that character aspect so we're just sort of doubling down on that, and so let's make this available. I don't, I've never seen it available for, for people to get a hold of. Right. So, uh, so we just said, let's see. And then we sort of came up with these, uh, you know, these uh, we call them actor animated costumes because it's, you know, you've seen the ones and they've been walking around here where mm-hmm. it's really the twelve foot puppets yeah, type and, things. And it's, it's puppeted, but they focus on uh, puppeting like the arm, like moving the arms and the head, just sort of is somewhat static. Um, so we kind of reversed that, and we said, all right, let's make the arm static and make the head movable. So when you're in there, you're holding the, the head and steering it and moving the eye. Yeah, I've the seen the eyeballs kind of, move the separately, eye, The arms is, is really kind neat. of bungee bounce. So um, taking the focus away from grabbing like, and, and more of a 
inter, like a personal interactive where the the face is animated, and I think it, it's it's just a different spin on that same like let's let's push the boundaries of the shape of a person, hide that person in there. So you're like, is there someone in there? Yeah, and I and like I said, I've seen a lot of people just go up and their kids are getting pictures, yeah. and then all of a sudden, you know, there's somebody in it and you don't realize it, and then they move and they all jump out. It's a it's a great little scare. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's fun. And then, yeah, these are. You know, we tend to focus on a lot of Q-Line interactive stuff, less the internal haunt stuff. Like, I, you know, we, we design stuff to interact with people even out, you know. Q-Line entertainment is a lot of the things that we dig, uh, we get onto. Like, the you know, some of our Midway stuff that we've been building um, is more just interacting outside of, your, uh, of the haunt. Sure. It, it sounds like fun. It looks great. I assume you'll have people walking around later today and getting a lot of photo ops and stuff yeah oh yeah for sure yeah we'll uh, we'll put uh, we'll put some people in them get them motoring around and we had, at the the uh, costume contest we uh, pulled up on stage and ran around there and it's uh, it's a good good they're just good crowd interactives you know so what's next are you going to be attending any shows between now and say the end of the year um yeah we go to iapa is in november um and that's the next big one that's that's like sort of the granddaddy of all shows but it, it's more geared towards the attraction didn't see less right. haunt, but but haunts coming over there. I mean, there, there, there's a good presence I've seen in the past couple of years of people I see at uh, Transworld or at IAPA because it's a whole nother uh, with a lot of these amusement parks doing doing seasonal haunt things, and that's where there are there all their executives are at IAPA and and uh, getting hold of those at their ear. Um, you know, cause some of those may not make it to Transworld, so. Uh, and I hope Murder Pig makes an appearance. Oh, he's, yeah, he's definitely going to be there. <laughs> and we got a whole list of new costumes that are going over there, too. They're going to be... We'll, we'll spread the game from haunt to, you know, uh, you know amusement park. So uh, so if I had a haunt and I wanted a custom character, are you able to custom design maybe off an existing thing that you have, or are you able yeah, to yeah, do something we, from scratch? Uh, we, we build... Uh, custom is primarily what we do. And over the years, uh, you know, since the stagecrafts have been around since, I think, he founded it in 74, um... And he has, we have basically over 700 different molds of different characters that he's done over the years. Now, some of them are, you know, proprietary, some aren't, but we can also, you know, m- move back and forth and just take that and change it, and it becomes a totally um, different character. So, uh, so yeah, we have a, a wellspring of pretty much any animal on the planet. We have a, a head for it, I'm nice. almost guaranteed. So for people wanting more information about Brainchild Creative, whether you, maybe you've got an idea in your head for your haunt, maybe you want to create a new mascot for your haunt, or maybe you just want to get a couple of cool costumes and put your actors in them and run around and scaring people like Murder Pig, yeah. how can they get more information with websites and social medias and such? Yeah, you can get a hold of us on Facebook. It's Brainchild Creative uh, on Facebook or uh, brainchild-creative.com. Excellent, Steve. A pleasure there. I wish you nothing but success here at IAPA and at Transworld next year. I assume you'll be there and and other places like that. But once again, folks, we're enjoying the time here at CreepyCon in Knoxville, Tennessee. My name is Drew Badger for The Big Scary Show, and we are out. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Midnight Syndicate with Jerry Vane. Shadows the Hot Rocker Remix on The Big Scary Show.
Hello everybody, Drew Badger here live at CreepyCon in Knoxville, Tennessee. Sunday afternoon, things are slowly starting to wind down. They're not done yet. There's still plenty of people out here shopping and selling and shows going on. You can probably hear the voices behind me, but as we do at conventions, we always like talking to organizers here. And of course, we wouldn't have CreepyCon without Jennifer Johnsy. How are you? <laughs> Very tired, but doing well. You, you look not tired. You look like you're just either hopped up on caffeine or something or, you know, well, there you go. You've, you've got the caffeine. Yeah. So, but how has the show been? I mean, came in here Friday, good crowd, Saturday, insane today, not as insane, which is always typical, but how are things? Really, this has been um, not quite double attendance last year, but pretty close. So that's great. And, you know, we had the COVID year. Everybody speaks of the COVID year. And then last year, the before times, yes. And then, of course, last year we kind of came back out of COVID and had a real good crowd. But this year, I mean, the vibe in the building, everybody's excited. Everybody's having a good time. And then the customers, too, they're coming from everywhere. They're traveling, too. To come to CreepyCon, which is really From exciting. places like Charlotte, places right? Places like Charlotte, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, For sure. Yeah, people will travel to a good convention, as we always know. So. That's good. Well, it's certainly flattering. You know, we've certainly learned a whole lot. And this would have been year six, except for COVID. But we'll here we are. call it year, year five. five. So it's a, it's a great anniversary to have. A lot of cons don't make it to year five. Yeah. And, and you know, to say you're growing by year five definitely means you're probably going to be here for a while. Yeah, we plan to. It's, it's so funny because it's become kind of a big reunion. You know, we get to see people that we don't get to see but once a year. And, yeah, I know. I mean, I know that we could go to other places, but to have our own big Halloween party, Halloween and horror party, is definitely what CreepyCon is all about. So you, you did a few minor changes this year from last year. You're still in the same space and everything. You look like you're almost booked out of everything. But um, as we look forward to, like, 2023, which I assume is going to happen, um, what are some of the upcoming changes or some of the things that you might be expanding upon? As I said, you, you look like you're almost suffering from growing pains here. <laughs> we really are. I, I, I'd like to, I kind of feel like we're outgrowing this building. It's a two-story building. It's kind of a relic and a historical location here in Knoxville. So it definitely has a cool vibe about it. It's a it. cool looking building. It is, but it's its limitations are concrete pillars in these crazy places and then really bad Wi-Fi, you know, stuff like that. So there's certain challenges and with, you know, 21st century technology needs, you know, you really need to be able to keep up with that. But I think one of the main things I can tell you is that we have always been focused more on entertainment. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, who's your big celebrity? We don't bring big celebrities here. That's not what you we're have about. had some pretty big celebrities in the past. Decent, decent people. Okay, Come but we now. we have a wonderful convention here in town that's about a month before ours, and he is really focused on bringing in the celebrities. We focus on entertainment. We love a good stage show and acrobatics and stuff like that. So we're definitely going to look to bring more of those in. One of the things we did this year that I was really excited about was we had a best-selling author, James Dashner, who wrote the Maze Runner series. This year, he's written his first adult gothic horror novel, and he's definitely looking to expand into that genre. We had a really great reception for bringing in an author. I think we may be looking more into highlighting some best-selling authors and things like that, um, in addition to the entertainment. Yeah, I've seen a couple of other authors. You've got one down here and one over here, and Russell James is here and some others. So, you know, there's, there was a convention in Williamsburg, Virginia, that, that 
brought in tons and tons of authors, so much to the point that they actually put on an author con last spring, and they're going to do an author con too next year. Yeah. So just goes to show you that people still love reading the good stuff, she, you know, reading the books, reading the Kindles and all that thing. So, you know, more, more authors is always a good thing. Well, there's so many creative people in this genre, you know, the artists that come and then the different mediums that they work with. We've had a tattoo artist this day. He hasn't stopped tattooing. No, I've been hearing the buzzing here. all weekend. I know. It's crazy. So, you know, we definitely are trying to do things that are unique and different. But, but of course, some of the, the staples of conventions are here. Absolutely. Course. You've had the Scream Queen content, the zombie stuff, the, uh, the sideshows are great. And uh, it's just a fun, fun show, and, and I'm glad that you've been able to uh, make this work here in Knoxville. Yeah, me too. I'm really glad, too, because East Tennessee, we really don't have this genre of con. Now, I know there's been a few others pop up, and that's great, but um, they're wonderful people, too, and I think we're all going to have our own idea of what makes a really fun convention. I was going to say you were asking something about next year, and something I've always wanted to do. It's called Killer Talent, so I want to have a talent show here. Mm. I think that would be really fun, probably do it on Sunday because people have some weird things that they do that are really interesting so I'd like to give them an opportunity to get out here and put that on display that that definitely would be and I assume you would have to take like pre-registration for that kind of stuff so if you have a really weird talent (laughs) and and try to keep it at least PG-13 you know what what uh what can they do to possibly do that? Well, I've got to get it together because it's kind of been in my mind for a couple of years. So what I've got to do is get the entry form ready and the rules and how they're going the to do waivers, a video submission. The lawyers, all that, yeah. Especially if they do really weird stuff like nail swallowing or whatever. You know, I mean, we definitely want to make sure that we have the liability forms in place. I so, light yeah. myself on fire. Watch. Yeah. yeah. Could go wrong, right? Yeah, exactly. In an old 1940s era World War II bomb shelter. I know. Sure. <laughs> I know. No problem. <laughs> yeah, so that's something we want to do. And then our um, our doll competition, our ugly doll competition. I don't know if you had a chance to get up there. Yeah, they're horrifying. They are. And they have, it's like this whole haunted doll crypt thing that one of our uh, our people built. It looks really cool. So we'll probably expand upon that and do a few more neat displays. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, once again, I want to congratulate you, Jennifer Johnsy, on a, what looks to be a, yet another successful creepy con. Of course, you haven't run the numbers and it, the show's still going on but you will be back next year i assume in august yes yes it will be august 25th through the 27th 2023 and then location of course we will announce whenever we make a final decision on what we're going to do at what point do you start taking vendor applications really we'll probably take a week or two to recover from this one and then we'll get our paperwork updated and stuff like that so i'd say probably by mid to late september we'll start taking registration for next year and you'll announce that on your websites yes Yes. and what would those websites and social media pages be for people who vend for people who may want to participate if the talent show goes on or maybe somebody works with a sideshow or some other kind of entertainment thing how can they get more information and be a part of CreepyCon 2023. One of the best ways is CreepyCon.com. Nice and easy, CreepyCon.com. Also on Facebook, if you'll do, um, I think it's CreepyCon Knoxville is our handle. I've seen CreepyConNoxville.com as well. Yeah, both of them linked to Creepy. Because at first, somebody else owned that web domain. So we finally got, they were in Canada or something like that. So we got that. So we have both domains. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So CreepyCon.com or CreepyConNoxville.com. Jennifer Johnsy, again, congratulations on a success. Creepy Con 2022. We hope to see you in 2023. 
let us know how we can be of service. Once again, folks, winding down CreepyCon 2022, my name is Drew Badger for The Big Scary Show, and we're out. Your actors, your props, yourself. If they're worth dressing right, they're worth Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Boncaron.com. V-O-N-C-H-A-R-O-N.com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios. Creepy Collection. Dark Imaginings, Fright Finder, Haunt Pay, Von Caron Productions, and VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three ghosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and more, rabidbadger.org. Meat Hook Jim. Check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com. And Storm. Rants and more. HauntMinute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.